Welcome to the Brentwood Church Audio Podcast. As always, you can jump on over to BrentwoodChurch.org or your favorite social outlet where you can find Brentwood Church and see what God is doing in this community. Now let's take a listen to this week's teaching. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. We start a series today called Imperfect Parents. There are no such thing as perfect parents because there are no perfect people. Uh, If you are a parent today, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If I were to ask you, how many of you feel like you've blown it to a point where you uh, feel like you've ruined your child's life? I think you would raise both hands. And if you wouldn't, if it wasn't so awkward, you would raise probably your feet as well and go, yes, that is me. Uh, You have known what it's like um, when your children were young or teenagers or maybe even adults where they broke your heart. And it may not have been something that they acted out or may have been uh, towards you. It may have just been, uh, you know, their heart was broken and they experienced pain and they experienced loss and you just wanted to take it away. Parenting is hard work. It takes responsibility. It takes action. And man, sometimes we just get in our rooms at night as parents and we just, you know, weep and we just go, man, did I, did I mess this kid up? You know, you know, God, you know, can you resolve this regret? Can you help me father seek forgiveness from this child? I mean, if you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're not a parent yet, I want you to seize this talk today from scripture and know that it doesn't just apply to parenting, although when you are a parent, you will want to, to, to take this truth today. It also just applies to relationships in general. And what we're going to see, as we lead and influence people, they are just grown up children. You know, they, they have the same hearts that they did when they were uh, five-year-old and six-year-olds, and they, and they have to be guided, and they have to be led the same way. So you might be saying, well, you know what, I'm not a parent right now. Or, or you may say, you know, I'm winning on the parenting thing. That's great. That's wonderful. You know, I know we need to have series, series like this. That's, that's fine, John. Uh, well, well, maybe you need to apply some of these things in, in the other relationships in your life. So whether you're a future parent or you're a grandparent or you're right in the midst of, you know, training up a child in the way he or she should go uh, so that she or he will not depart from it. Like you're right in the midst of, of young parenting or you're in the midst of teenage parenting or, or college student parenting. Today's truth is going to be for you. Here's what C.S. Lewis said about parenting though. He says, there are no perfect parents, good parents, even according to God's standards, are flawed just as their parents were before them. So there you go. It's okay. You don't have to carry all of that weight anymore. Am I the perfect parent? No, of course you're not. And even dishonorable parents have moments and periods where they truly love their children and seek their best interests. So even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? The first service didn't get that either. Rather than merely drawing a line between honorable parents and dishonorable parents, the Bible instead communicates to us principles of parenting as well as showing us the impact that applying or not applying those principles has on parents, children, and the world. What is Lewis getting at? He's saying, look, the Bible doesn't spend a lot of time saying this is a right parent, this is a wrong parent, this is dishonorable, this is an honorable. The Bible just says, look, here's how God parents you. He's your heavenly father. Here's how he is parenting you. Here are the principles that he uses. Here's the wisdom that he's using, and you should do the same. Here is your role, and here is your responsibility as a parent. Know it, embrace it, and live it. 
And God will be there to fill in the gaps because no parent is perfect. But it's never too late to get better. And that's what we want to wrestle with today. If there are no perfect parents and you're not one of them or you're one of them, then how do we get better? And what does the scripture say to us? So we're going to dive into that in just a second. I just want to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, as, a, as, a, as a parent early on, um, my wife and I got married uh, rather early in our, in our early 20s. And we were married for about a year. And then we decided, you know what, let's go for this and, and let's begin to have children. And so we were sort of growing up ourselves as we were trying to figure out what parenting was. And we've had three children and all three of them are completely different. They're growing up in the same house with the same two parents that are learning the same things from them that, we're, that, we're, you know, that they're learning from us. And we understand that even though we have the same values and we're, we're parenting them in the same way, they all are different. And some of you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. And nobody gave me a manual on how to do this. No one gave me a manual on how to raise one kid, much less three kids who are completely different. For example, my daughter, who's our oldest... I can, I, I, when she was a toddler, I could literally draw a line in any space, an imaginary line, and I could say, do not cross that line. And she would not cross that line. She would lament and she would cry. She would come to the edge of it, but she would not. And I thought to myself, man, this gig is easy. So I, was, I, you know, I said to my wife, let's, let's keep doing this. I mean, it's fun on so many levels. And then I had boys, right? Some of you guys are like, yeah, yeah, you got a witness on that. Uh, my boys, you know, they looked at my authority and, and they looked at my, my role in their life and they laughed at it like supervillains. Like, boo ha 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 And I was like, wait a minute, this, you're supposed to be like her. And, and what I recognized to her is that, that even though she wouldn't cross the line, there were still some other things that, that she needed to learn because here was my philosophy of parenting very early on. And that was behavior management. Behavior management, what is it? It is simply reward good behavior, punish or correct bad behavior, right? Makes sense. And so that's, that was my philosophy. I was like, okay, you know, this is what you do. You know, when they, when they do something bad, you, you correct it or you punish it. And then when they do something good, you cheer it on. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Here's what I recognize, though, in parenting with behavior management, that it doesn't change the heart. It doesn't change the character. It doesn't change or transform what is actually driving the behavior itself. And so, so if you think about parenting with behavior management, there is a point at which you will not be there to manage that behavior. Mm-hmm. And so what happens when you are not there or someone else is not there with your same philosophy of behavior management? What happens to that child as they begin to make decisions, as they begin to make decisions with peers around them that don't share your philosophy of behavior management? What do you do when they're in situations where they have to make difficult decisions with a lot of things on the line? There has to be something greater than your rules and regulations, than your management of their behavior. And I had to grapple with that very early on as a parent. I am still 
figuring this out. I am still learning from this. I haven't even gotten to the teenage years yet. You guys know what I'm talking about. Those of you who are teenagers, you know as soon as that child steps into to being a teenager that they know everything and they are the most selfish human beings on planet Earth, right? You guys know what I'm saying? And, and it's, like they, it's almost like they have to be because they have to move away from you. They have to start figuring out their identity and going, okay, I don't even get this. I don't understand this, but, but I don't want to be near you right now. I want to, and then you're, you're just sitting there going, but you have to be because you're stupid. Like, let's, like, how are we going to do this? And, and you figure, you figure it out. And what's, what's so cool is that the Bible tells us and, and the Bible shows us like, Hey, here it is. Let's, let's, this is how God parents you when you act this way, when you don't know this, when you think you know this and so on. The story goes. Behavior management, though, is sort of like when your toddler flips out in Walmart. You know, you come in and you correct and you, and you stop the behavior. But you really never follow up with what caused that behavior. Behavior management is when your middle schooler lies to you about, you know, doing their homework. And you go in and you, you talk to them sternly and you ground them for decades. But you never really get at the heart of it. You never really get at, like, why did you lie? And... Don't, you know, don't do that. It's, you know, when your college student flunks out of their freshman year and, you know, you give them this guilt trip about, you don't understand how hard we worked, we paid for this and that, and this is what you do, and you give them that guilt trip and then you cut off their tuition, but you never really talk to them about responsibility. You never really get to the heart of their character and, and why, why would you do that? Why would you, why would you be so irresponsible like that? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today because parenting and really leadership in general has to go beyond just managing people's behavior. It has to get into the heart of the matter. And that's what Solomon is doing with his children. He is actually writing to his grown-up children and talking to them about how they are to parent their children. So he's coming from this point of view of, hey, sons, you guys know how I parented you. You know how I blew it sometimes. You know how I dropped the ball sometimes because I'm an imperfect parent. But here, I want to show you something that, that covers all the multitudes of my sins as an imperfect parent. And so, so that's, what, that, that's what we're going to get at today. We're going to look at a truth and then we're going to build on that truth next week because there are no perfect parents. So what is it that fills in the gaps when our imperfections cannot completely rise to the occasion? What are our roles and responsibility as parents and future parents and even as elder parents in the lives of our adult children and their children? Well, Solomon kind of gets to a point here, and I love this because he, he kind of throws out the, the whole idea of just managing a child's behavior. And he gets to something deeper. And the same thing, of course, goes with anybody that you have influence or leadership over. If you are a manager at your job, if you are a leader at your job, if you run a company, you can, of course, go manage your employee's behavior and say, look, if you do this, then this. If you don't do that, then, then this. Or you can, you can take a, a greater approach in that person's life. You can become more than just their manager, 
but that's up to you. But let's get back to parenting. Look what, look what Solomon says to his adult children about them being. He says, verse 23, above all else. What does that mean? It means at all costs, do this. Like you got to get this. You got to get this. This isn't like one of those optional things. Above all else, this is so crucial. He says, verse 23, part two, guard your heart. Some of you have read that a million times. Maybe you have it on a magnet on your refrigerator or something. You know, uh, guard your heart. What does that mean? It means that, that, that the heart is the center of where behavior or actions originate. You have to guard that. You have to guide that. You have to know what in the world is going on in the emotional and the spiritual of a child. You can't just go, oh, they're behaving this way, so I'm going to punish or reward it. I'm going to correct it or I'm going to cheerlead it. Because if we do that, if we just parent the behavior, then we miss our greatest role and responsibility And we miss helping them with what it is that God is asking us to partner with him in the first place to do. And that is help this little kid become a wise adult. You see, we say this around here. We're not raising, you know, good kids. You know, America has enough good kids who grow up and blow up their lives. And and, and then we, we kind of are impacted by that in society, because their parents just raise good kids. You know, hey, don't embarrass me. You know, get a good education. You know, look good for the rest of the world. You know, have favor with man. But, but never really stopped and said, hey, maybe our goal should be more than just a good kid. Maybe we should actually raise a wise adult. Because when he gets into a marriage when he's 25 or 30, it's going to be hard. And he's got to know that, that things aren't always going to meet his expectations. And she's got to know that, that, that she's not entitled to that. And, and she's got to know that when, it, when she becomes a parent, that, man, that's hard work. And, I mean, like, that, that begins when, when we are guarding their heart at a very young age. And that's what Solomon says. He says, you got to know what's, what's driving the behavior and that's what you have to guide. The seat of their emotions. The motivations of, of why they're thinking the way they're thinking and feeling. And maybe even how you're participating in that as a parent. What climate you and I are creating in that home. That is causing that child or that teenager or that college student to act the way he or she is acting. Guard the heart. Guide the heart. Write this down if you're a bottom line person. The behavior reveals the heart. And the heart is what really matters. Guide the heart to Jesus and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. Listen, if I can get my three children to get all in with Jesus and in all in with his church then man, there is a multitude of sins that I will have to apologize to them for and some that I'll forget that will get covered by something greater than my imperfect parenting. And that is the Holy Spirit. 
Because there's going to be a day out there where my teenage boy is in a situation where I'm not there to manage his behavior. Mm -hmm, You know what I'm talking about. There's going to be a day out there where my college-age daughter is in a situation where I'm not there to give her point-by-point directions on what she should do and how she should handle that relationship or how she should handle that difficult choice or how she should fill in the blank. There has to be something greater than my voice. And that's why Solomon says, guard that heart as an individual, but even as a parent, guard and guide that heart of a child. Don't just manage that behavior. Why? Because it is, the, it is where everything flows from. Everything flows from that heart. And so when my, when my son or daughter is acting in a certain way, what they're telling me is that, that something is happening. There's a conflict going on in the heart that I must get to. And here's what I want to say. Here's what I want to say. And I've been a parent for 12 years. And, I'm, and a man, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. I'm an imperfect parent. But here's what I'm saying. Parenting is hard work. Can I get a witness? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, listen, listen. Don't, do not make those babies if you are not going to parent them. There's plenty of things down here at the Walgreens that will keep that from happening. Okay? I'm I'm being serious. Because when you make those babies and you don't parent those babies, we have to. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't like your kids. I'm just being honest. It's hard enough for me to like my own. But when they blow up their marriage and they file bankruptcy and and they do idiotic things as adults, you got to pay for it. I got to pay for it. Because mom and dad didn't, didn't go beyond just managing the behavior. They didn't parent themselves and let the Holy Spirit parent them and then pour that and guide that into their children. It is hard work. It is hard work. Stay-at-home moms, you know what I'm talking about right now. It's hard work. It's up at dawn, pride-swallowing siege. And it doesn't ever end. Yeah, it changes. Your relationship with that child changes as, as they grow older. But it's still a part of my responsibility to help guide my adult child's life. Now... They will leave me and they will cleave to their husband or wife. But I still have influence in that child's life. The heart. Um, A couple weeks ago, I walked into my house. And you guys know this when you walk in and you recognize that something just went down. Right? Well, something had just gone down. The other four people in my family, there had been something. There had been some drama. So I walk in, and it was kind of creepy because nobody was on the first level of the house. Everybody was upstairs, and things were happening up there. And, you know, it was kind of walking, like, it was almost like, it was just weird, you know, like the shining, kind of weird. You know, come and play with us. Okay, it was that weird. So I'm, I'm, I'm walking in, I'm like, man, what's up, man? Like, what's going on, you know? And, and all, all that the moment needed was like some creepy clown music. You know what I'm saying? That's all it needed. There wasn't, but I walk up the steps and I can hear my son 
uh, in his room, 11 years old, and he's, he's crying. And he's like, <laughs> and, and you know when, you're, when your child is like cursing at the world and you in his pillow? There was something going on. He was just mad. You could just, I was like, oh man, something's happening here. And my wife meets me at the top of the steps to kind of debrief me on the situation. I was like, what's up? You know, what's up? What happened? She says, well, uh, I know you're going to want to get to that, but let me tell you what's up. She goes on to tell me that, that Landon, our daughter, 12, her brother, 11, uh, get in a, just a verbal throw down over a Wii tournament. Isn't that what always happens at a Wii tournament? It always starts out very innocent. Hey, let's bowl. You know, isn't that cool? And then before it's over, I hate you. Look what you've done to your life. And look what you've done to me. That's what happens with a Wii tournament. Okay? Stay away from the Wii. So anyway, you know, verbal throwdown. My wife kind of walks in. Hey, come on. What's up, guys? She brings them in to parent the heart. You know, what's going on? You know, outward behavior is talking about something on the inside. Uh, daughter Landon, uh, she just kind of lays things out. She starts owning some stuff. Hey, I was disrespectful to him. I overreacted. I'm sorry. Um, so she kind of does it. And, and okay, good, good. So you're, you're, you're apologizing to him. Yes. You're seeking his forgiveness. Yes. You're owning your junk. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Now you. Well, if she hadn't, and if she hadn't, and if she hadn't, you know, Genesis chapter 3. Read it. Okay. If she hadn't given me that apple, we wouldn't be in this mess. Right? You know, he's not owning it, you know. If he was just in his room writing praise songs and then his evil sister walks in with a wee wand. That kind of thing was happening. So... Uh, mom says, hey, 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 come on, let's, let's, let's get to the heart of the matter here. What, why, what's going on here? And Before it's over, he's angry because now his mom is siding with his sister. And so at, on his way out the door, because his mom says, why don't you go to your room and just pray, talk to Jesus, right? Uh, on his way out to talk to Jesus, he throws a grenade at his mom and says, you just treat her like she's your favorite. You guys know that? That little grenade before they leave kind of thing. He walks into So my, I have been fully briefed at that point, to that moment. So he is now in his room. And after I heard what he said to his mom, that's when, you know, you guys know, you want to go in and body slam them. Like, all right, that was my wife. And now, what do you think about that? Now get out of my room, because this is my room. This is in your room. You borrow this room. But I didn't, because, you know, guard the hearts, where everything else flows from. So I had to get through that. I was, I was, I was mad. I was mad. Uh, so I, I, I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So um, I literally said, okay, th- there's something going on in his heart right now that is causing him to feel disrespected and to feel unheard and to act out like that. So I got, I got past the inner macho man, you know, I'm going to go in there and 
and punish his behavior and tell him who's in charge. You guys know that guy's in there, okay? So you get that guy out of the way, and then you go to the inner sage who says, we have to guide this situation to Jesus because in the end, all of us imperfect people are gonna blow this thing up. So I sat down with him and I said, hey man, what's, what's up, man? What's going on? What's... And then, of course, you know, he goes through the whole thing and, you know, that woman you gave me, God, and that whole thing. And finally, we just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And finally, before it was over, he, he was weeping and he said, man, I'm selfish. And I was acting selfishly. And I disrespected my mom and my sister, and I was belligerent, and I need to go apologize. I said, yeah, that's probably what you need to do. And so he goes around the house, and he does the thing, and he apologizes. And, and then at the very end, I just said, hey, you, are you good, man? You good? Yeah, Dad, I'm good. Don't ever do that again. And, and, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You give them that last little... Like, I can crush you. Like, but we just did a whole Jedi thing and Jesus showed up and the Holy Spirit and it's all good, but don't do that again. And here's the thing. I don't tell you that to say that I manage those situations that way every time. Sometimes I have to go back and I have to go, you know what, daddy just needs to apologize to you. But there are moments when you just know that parenting the heart is so much more work than parenting the behavior. But it's why you are in your child's life. That took exponentially more time and emotional energy than to just go in and say, don't you ever talk to your mother that way again. You're grounded for decades. It's hard work, but it is what guides them to Jesus, and it is what fills them ultimately with the Holy Spirit. Because there is a day out there, mom and dad, where you're not there to manage his or or her behavior. And the legacy you leave them is not your rules of your house. The legacy that you leave them is for them to know God and to live wisely. To know God and to live wisely. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He just points it to the gospel. Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, heart, there it is. What you declare with your mouth is, is, is what's happening in your heart. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is the heart. It's not the behavior, is it? You know, and, you know there's, there's whole churches that are built on managing people's behavior. And we, when we, we miss it. We miss the whole thing, right? It's like, no, it's the heart. It's the heart. 
Because it is what the heart, or is going on in the heart, that is what comes out of the mouth and what, 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 how the hands act. And if it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So it's not what necessarily I say that saves me. It is what's going on in my heart that is what saves me. But it is my mouth that declares that. It is what my behavior does that declares what is going on on the inside. When your teenage daughter flips out, what's going on with the heart? And how are you part of that catalyst? And then find that out. But what is the culture saying to her that's confusing her? What is her friend group saying to her? What is, what's going on that's causing her to feel so badly about herself and the world? If we just go in and manage the behavior, hey, you're upsetting everybody with your drama. Can you not? Or you aren't going out of this house with that on. Well, why does she have that on? What's going on right here? You see what I'm saying? Guide the heart, man. My kids are, you know, my oldest is 12. I'm stepping into being the parent of adolescence. Y'all pray for me. But here's what the scripture teaches me. It doesn't say, if you do this, this, and this, you're a good parent. And if you don't do that, that, and you're bad. It just says, here, look, here's the principle. And every kid's different. And you're going to weep. And you're going to be imperfect. And you're going to have regrets. But if you'll just stick with this, if you'll just keep guiding that heart, guiding that heart, guiding that heart, then wow, let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Because there's a day out there where you're not there to manage behavior. All right, let's get practical real quick. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Three things I want to uh, share with you that's on, the, um, on our website that you can download as a screensaver, as you heard TC say at the very beginning. Take action, take responsibility, work hard. Take action. What does that mean? That means be active in parenting your child. Don't wait to react to their behavior. And look what, look what God says to Israel. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. These are the commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. There it is again. Man, that pesky word. Impress them on your children. So what's on your heart? Impress it on your children's heart. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. What does he say? Be active in parenting. Don't react. Don't parent by default. Parent by design. Like, like, when they wake up, be intentional about that. Launch their day with your voice and ultimately with truth that you're pointing to God. Does that take intentionality? Does that take scheduling? Does that take, you know, ordering your life in such a way that you can be there for your kids? You better believe it does. And that's what brings us to the second thing is take responsibility. It is not the church's job it is not the, the Christian school's job. It is not the teacher's job. It is, not, it is not their job to point your child or my children to know God and to live wisely. God has put that responsibility 
uniquely and exclusively upon you. Take responsibility for that. And it does require this next thing, and that is hard work. Look what Deuteronomy 6.20 says, In the future, when your son asks, what is the meaning of the stipulations, the decrees, and the laws of the Lord our God has commanded you? Look what he says, verse 21, Tell him. When he asks you, hey, what's up with my life? Why am I here? Who's God? What does this all mean? Tell him. Tell him. Like, take responsibility for that. Don't, don't pawn that off on someone else. Don't hope they figure it out. And I think we live in a culture right now that just kind of hopes they figure it out. I hope they figure out marriage. Hmm. Yeah. Hope they figure that out. Hope they don't have a starter marriage. They probably will, but that's just how it is. They figure it out. You know, I hope they read a book in college. I hope they figure out that whole finance thing. But what what would happen if we took action? What would happen if we took responsibility? What what if we happen if we understood that we have to work hard at this? Work hard. Write that down. Where is it? There it is. Yes. Oh, it's work. Work. If I, if, if again, if you don't hear anything today, don't make those babies if you're not going to work hard to parent them. Because it is hard work. It requires your time and your energy. It requires you to sacrifice things that you really want to do. But because of parenting them and guiding their hearts, you've got to do that instead. Work hard at guiding your child's heart to Jesus. Do you have partnership? Yeah, that's what the church is here for. We're here to partner with you in that. You guys have heard that already today. But ultimately, dad and mom, it's your responsibility to work hard and to take action, to lead these children that God has blessed you with to a knowledge of who God is through Jesus Christ and to live wisely to garner that influence over life. How do you parent as an imperfect human being as our children grow up, as they manage their own crazy hearts? How do you guide that without breaking it? How do you lead it without crushing it? How do you empower and then set that heart free? It takes a lot of patience. It takes a group of people around you to say, hey, it's okay that you have regrets, but it's never too late to get better. Being able to, when a child acts rebelliously and disrespectfully, knowing in that moment that the behavior is not to be managed, that the heart is to be guided. Man, it's hard work, isn't it? The great news is our Heavenly Father is there parenting us the whole time, giving us the wisdom, giving us the grace, giving us the reward to see to it 
the generation upon generation that we affect through these decisions that we make as parents are the way we change the world. One of the greatest impacts that you will have are those adults that you unleash into the world with Christ's identity, the Spirit's guidance, and your last name. Let's pray together. Father, as we take on these truths and as we wrestle with how magnanimous they seem sometimes, we know that at the end of the day, it is through your own grace and patience with us as parents and future parents that we are able to Uh, to fulfill this role and responsibility, to guide the heart of a child, of a teenager, of a young adult, and then even our own adult children. Give us more and more wisdom. Father, help us next week as we dive into more practical things to, uh, to truly begin to make decisions to reorder our lives as we must. To give these children the knowledge of who you are and and the wisdom to live their lives successfully and eternally. It's in Christ's name that I pray this. Amen.